United are back on top. We're all learning new rules and pool parties at the cottage. Come on. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Thursday, the 21st of January. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Jim Campbell. Welcome along, everybody. Hello, hello. What a lovely day. More football to talk about from last night. More football to look forward to. The never-ending Premier League continues to roll on. Um, Two games from last night. So United winning again after going behind and going back to the top of the table. Manchester City winning as well. So they're up there as well. But the big story really is the fact that all of the journalists last night were talking at Craven Cottage about these new images that have emerged of how the new stand at Craven Cottage is going to look when it's finally all done. And there's going to be a rooftop swimming pool. I mean, this has got to be (laughs) beating Tottenham Stadium now, hasn't it? We thought that Tottenham had the best stadium in the country, but having a rooftop swimming pool, Luke, what the hell? Yeah. And so what time are we going? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was I was thinking that um I don't know if I said this on the show, but I've certainly said this to one or two of you guys, perhaps off air, that there's a little spot at Craven Cottage that um if you're fortunate enough, and I've only ever been there once and I was invited along uh by someone else who had like a box there. Normally Fulham Fulham's a great place to go and watch football anyway, as I've talked about loads of times before and, and so have many other people. But there's a little spot in the top there's a there's a column of executive boxes, like private boxes alongside the river on the side of one of the stands. Yeah. And um, if you get into the top one, it is literally the best place, I think, to watch a football match in the whole of the country because you can see all the way down the Thames on a nice day uh, over the river, boats going past, just watching the world go by. And then when you feel like you fancy it, you can just watch a bit of the football. So given that you're watching <laughs> at, at Fulham, it occasionally, I mean, not very often to be fair these days, but it occasionally could have been a little bit dull. It's not dull now, but you've got the great choice of river on one side, football on the other side, sun on your back. Lovely. So Fulham have actually bought um, an area of the Thames, which I had no idea was an option to people. Um, but they have. They've bought a little bit of the Thames by by the stadium so that they can build a boardwalk on it. And it's, and they're just getting nicer and nicer, aren't they? Like and as you sort of touched upon, Luke, there is a danger that there just won't be any need to to watch the football. It's like, yeah, are they just making the stand into like a really plush Airbnb? Yeah, like, there's so much stuff going into the stand, but I've not seen anything that is actually sort of like seats. Where you can look at the game. <laughs> or anything football related, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. It won't be it's not open on match days. It's uh <laughs> it's only open the Honestly, it's already um I imagine people from outside London are probably fed up of hearing me say this, but it is already one of the great football days out. I mean if you get the tube back in the good old days where we could actually go out and do stuff, you got the tube you get the tube to um Hammersmith, walk down um uh, Fulham Palace Road, cut into Cut down one of the side streets so you get to the river. Loads of nice pubs along the way. Mm. A beautiful pub on the way down there called the Crab Tree. Highly I've recommended. Been there. Yeah, I've massive been there. garden. Nice so place, nice. right? Yeah. And then, it's great. Um, yeah. and then you then you go to the game. It's it's it, honestly that that's going to be their USP. And, and why not? By the way, you know, football's moving in yeah. that direction. And people who complain about the fact that football isn't what it used to be, uh, true, it isn't. But it's also a very welcoming place for families and for kids and stuff now, which is a good thing. Why not market yourself as? Don't worry about the football. 
it's just a great place. It's like a theme park. It's a great place to, to spend <laughs> yeah. the day out. Well, genuinely, the point is that people will come there other than on match days, so they keep the revenue coming in. And you know, there's a, a degree of um, of that happening in a lot of places, and it does make sense. Clubs have got to be clever to keep the the money coming in, especially a club like Fulham, who can't you know always guarantee that they're going to be in the Premier League. So I think it's smart, and I would also second that that going to Fulham is a lovely day out. It reminded me weirdly a bit of Naples, where you get all of those like those kind of hang on. Um, like almost stenciled <laughs> style images of, of Maradona. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. Purely because in the same way that you see Maradona everywhere in, in, in Naples, you see Marcus everywhere in Fulham. <laughs> uh, and it's, just, it's just nice to get an understanding of how the yeah. high regard he's held in in his local area. Yeah, yeah. Now that's where the comparisons between Marcus and Diego Maradona end for many, <laughs> many it. reasons. Anyway, it was an all right game last night. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I wonder yeah. how long it'll be, by the way, uh, just last thing on this swimming pool, until Wayne Lineker <laughs> rocks up. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Jules is never not thinking about Wayne Lineker, but perhaps oh, not for sorry. the reasons you think. You, you'd say the, you say pool party to me, and I think Wayne Lineker. I'm sorry that they the two of them go hand in hand, and they I just do. can't get it out of my head. He'll oh, be there. First, first time it opens, hospitality box, pool party, 12 girls yeah. ready to push each of them into the pool. Oh, oh God. Marcus dressed as one of them. <laughs> yeah, Marcus in a bikini. For it. Well up for it. Um, but yeah, as you say though, Luke, onto the actual football itself. It, it was a really good match. I thought. I think Fulham, in the last few games, have been excellent. And seriously, the way they're playing at the moment, I think of any of the teams in and around that bottom three at the moment, you'd probably sort of call it the bottom six right now that are at threat of getting relegated. You'd probably say that watching Fulham play, they look the most likely to probably get themselves out of this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do agree with that to an extent. I, I think I've watched them play. Uh, I saw the Chelsea game, which they were kind of unlucky. Obviously, got a player sent off, and, and Chelsea nicked it. Um, they were, you know, they they picked up a point against Spurs, and, and last night they were okay. Um, and the, the the problem is, there's a fine line between that and becoming completely demoralised when you're playing all right, yet you only picked up however many points it is in your last um, however many league games. I mean, they haven't won a league game since the end of November. So, I mean, mm. it's it's the, I mm. understand they got that FA Cup win at QPR. But so what we are seeing is we are seeing a team who are playing quite well. And their next three games are absolutely crucial because they've got Burnley at home, Brighton away, which is a big game. Jules, I'm sure you'll have an opinion on. And then they've yeah. got West Brom. Like they, they can't carry on quote unquote playing well and not pick up any wins from those next three. Cause they're, they'll be in big trouble if that's the case. And for me, one of the key to crystallize that even further, one of the key things about um, them this season so far is that Scott Parker deserves a good amount of credit for changing around how they play and and um, and and you know making them look like they've got a fighting chance at least of of, of getting up there and, and getting out of trouble. But the reality is they've won two games this season, right? And they've scored fifteen goals. Now only Burnley and Sheffield United have scored fewer goals than them. And if they want to stay in this Premier League, they need to find someone who's going to score goals for them. And and it's, it's weird yeah. because it's a mirror image of what we're seeing at Manchester United, actually. Because for me, Manchester United, who've got the worst defence in the top half, it's, it's effectively 
in their hands to win the Premier League this season? Because I know Man City have got a game in hand and they, if they win that, they go above them. But Man United still have to play Man City. So technically, it's still in Man United's hands. So Man United need to sort the defence out if they're going to go close to the title. And Fulham need to sort their attack out if they're going to stay in the Premier League. And I'll end by saying there was an absolutely bizarre situation in the game last night when Fulham go a goal ahead and the assistant referee looked like he'd seen a ghost. He was absolutely <laughs> terrified. Did you see the footage of him? His face was extraordinary. I don't know, it was like he'd never seen a goal before. It was absolutely insane. <laughs> well, we're through the looking glass now if Fulham are going one ahead. Yeah, yeah. He can, he, he's like, I, don't, I, I, I think I've learned what to do here, but I'm not really sure. He looked terrified. <laughs> they didn't prepare us for this in the training. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's Fulham were okay, weren't they? I think they've perhaps been quite, it's been a little bit overblown, like um, as, as you allude to, Luke, in that they're just not they're getting draws, and that's been sort of treated a little bit as, as them getting wins. Um, but I yeah, thought it was 100%. interesting the way that United approached the game. They they were clearly comfortable in in just being a bit more possession based than we've seen from them um, in in recent months, where they've kind of been kind of all in on, on, on the counter-attack. And um, they they looked comfortable in a way that it, they didn't for a long time. Do you know what I mean? It felt like even when they went 1-0 down, they knew they were going to win. Fulham knew they were going to win. We knew <laughs> yeah. they were going to win. And Man United haven't felt like that in a while. And that, that's a really interesting thing to see. And I, I think, is there an argument that Paul Pogba is, is currently having his best spell as a Man United player? He's really, really stepped it up. He obviously got the winner against Burnley. He was unlucky not to get the winner against Liverpool. Um, I know it doesn't count if you don't do it, but still he's, he's been involved. He's been affecting games. And obviously his, his goal yesterday was absolutely superb on his weaker foot as well. Yeah, 100%. I think that the thing is at the moment, I think that United almost, when you watch them, you almost feel like they play better when they are a goal down because they feel like they then have to sort of come out on top after that and they have to push and they have to get the equaliser and then the winner and so whenever they go a goal behind at the moment you you always just think well they're going to probably win this anyway and especially when the goal was so early on from Fulham but my my praise in terms of what I was saying about Fulham and and how much they've improved lately is the fact that they've been able to adapt I think everyone probably put Fulham in their bottom three at the start of the season and when you Mm. look at the way their imp- their performances have improved and the fact that defensively they've got so much better. I, I get what you're saying in terms of the amount of wins they've had, Luke, and, and that is something that they'll want to correct. But they've picked up draws against some, some really decent teams, Tottenham most recently, Liverpool a few games before that. And so drawing is obviously better than losing and they've still got a game in hand on the two teams below them in West Brom and Sheffield United. So I think they're doing all right. And I think the fact that Scott Parker has been able to adjust the way the team have played and become a lot more solid defensively, going to that three at the back and and changing up the way they've played, I think is is commendable to how they've done that. And who knows? We'll see what happens. Of course, as you say, Luke, the next two games for them are absolutely massive as the uh, the, the Brighton-Fulham game is, is for Brighton as well because they've been another team like Fulham, who have played very well in games and and not got anything out of it or played well and only picked up draws. So I completely hear you on that one. But yeah, on on Man United, I think Paul Pogba just seems like now he knows he's got this starting place in the team, whereas before he was sort of in and out. He just seems so much happier, doesn't he? In his post-match interview, he's smiling. He just seems so much more at ease with everything that's happening at United, doesn't he, Luke? Yeah, um, and and 
yeah, this is a player who's got everything, right? He can do everything. So he can go both ways. He's got two good feet. I mean, he, he alluded to the fact last night in the post-match interview that his left foot is his weaker foot. I mean, there are plenty of players at Premier League level who can't strike the ball that well with their good foot. You know, yeah. he's yeah. got he's got um, he's rangy when he moves. He glides across the ground. He's quick. He's uh, strong. He's technically fantastic. He, his passing is amazing. I mean, he's essentially the complete midfield player. Um, and if he turns up to the party in a season like this, this can be the difference for for a team like Man United, who are peppered with um, other really good important players. I mean, can't write off Cavani as well. I know he's getting oh, older, but he's he's yeah. in such good shape. His goal scoring record, in admittedly a a a league where there aren't a huge amount of strong teams. I mean, you could argue the same about the Premier League, I suppose. But admittedly, he's playing for a much better team. But his goal scoring record is unreal. So if you if you pepper this team, if you know, if De Gea can find some form again, and we know he's capable, and you've got Pogba and you've got Fernandez and you've got Cavani and you've got pace with players like Greenwood, Rashford, and and and, and Martial. And, and, and you know, Luke Shaw was outstanding against Liverpool, so he's got it in his locker. If all the stars align in a season like this, they've got a real chance. Now, this sounds hypocritical by me, I know that, because I was slate in Solskjaer um, a few months ago, as indeed we all were. But kind of, it's one of those seasons where all bets are really off now. And what we're seeing with United is we're effectively seeing a tribute act to the Alex Ferguson <laughs> years, right? And there's no way when you go and watch a tribute act in a pub on a Friday night, say it's an ACDC tribute act, right? Um, no, do you know what? Say it's a Rolling Stones tribute act. That's a better analogy. So you right. go and see a Rolling Stones tribute act, right? You can never make the argument, right, that they're going to be better, quote-unquote better, than the original Rolling Stones. But I tell you what, in 2021, you probably have a better time watching the tribute act than you would the actual band. So <laughs> it might not matter. And the only thing that's in their way... Is, this, is a massive man city-shaped kind of um, enemy looming on the horizon who I think, yeah, we might be on the cusp of seeing a team start to walk it now because they're playing so well and they might stamp their authority on mm. the league this season. Are you ruling but Liverpool out there? Beatles-esque. I, th- I, don't think, yeah, I don't think Liverpool are, have been consistent <laughs> enough. And I think Man City, who, who are, I think, favourites for the title now. For me, Man City could walk away with it here from now. But if they don't, you know, who knows? Let's move on and talk about Man City, seeing as though Luke thinks that they are now the absolute favourites for the title. And I'm sure most people would agree with that. They beat Aston Villa last night by two goals to nil. This was such a good game. Really enjoyable from the minute the whistle went until the final whistle. It was just a really good end-to-end match. Loads of chances from both sides. And in the end, I sort of felt it was a little bit harsh on Aston Villa, even though Man City probably did deserve the win in the end. It did feel a bit harsh. I mean, who knew these bloody rules? I mean, I did not understand that rule. And forgive me if I'm if I sound really stupid here, but I thought that if if the if if that player's offside and then he gets involved in the play, he's offside, surely. I, I don't know, but I'm sort of with Dean Smith and Tyro Mings and Konza yeah. who all spoke about it after the game, that they felt that Man City's first goal was a little bit confusing what did you think Luke of the whole thing yeah and so, so for, you know for the further avoidance of doubt hopefully not just among us but among our listeners as well <laughs> and I do lament the fact that we have to do this because football should be at its heart a simple game and, and the game that we all kind of fell in love with for those reasons um, I think I'm right in saying that as soon as Tyrone Mings chests the ball down the Man City player who was previously offside is then entitled to be active again so it is a it's a to me. It's a kind of understandable law, but it is quite a counterintuitive one. 
And I can totally understand why people feel sort of hard done by by it. But I mean, if you're going to level the blame at any person, I suppose, given that we're led to believe that players are told the laws at the start of every season, I think referees representatives go around and kind of talk to them about the changes in the laws and everything. I think if that's the case and that still happens, which I presume it does, then I guess the person you've got to blame for it is Tyrone Mings. I mean, he's an international yeah. football player. He's, he's, you know, he's experienced and mm. pretty solid normally. So maybe he, he was a little bit kind of caught unawares. And, you know, if you're being generous, maybe that's understandable because the laws have become so Byzantine now that we, you know, no one really knows what's happening. Um, I would not like to be a direct report of Dean Smith this morning. I don't think I'd like to be kind of reporting <laughs> straight into him because he was absolutely furious. And he is a terrifying man, Dean Smith. I love like, him. Yeah. I he, he looks like he, he's not a man to be trifled with. No, oh, absolutely he, was, not. he looked absolutely furious when the referee was sending him off, didn't he? First, he got the yellow card, and then you could see him mouthing off still. And straight I thought, away. Yeah. Sorry, what? I said straight away, he got, the, uh, he got the red straight away, didn't he? So I'd love to know what he said. Yeah, exactly. I would have loved to know exactly what, what came out of his mouth then. But he, he's just the epitome of every football fan, I think. When you see him watching Aston Villa, watching his team play, he he is what every fan is thinking. And so, yeah, yeah I, I completely understood why he got so frustrated by that. Because, of course, you've, you've explained it, Luke, and we all understand the rule now it's been explained. But it just seems a little bit strange, Jim, because, I mean, the Man City player effectively snuck up on Tyro Mings and of course he knows that once he's playing that ball he's then in play but he I don't know it just feels a little bit yeah, wrong doesn't I, it I think yeah especially because the circumstances of, of how that the ball came back into play with my with Mings playing it happens in a split second doesn't it so I guess it's just about the speed of calculation in which you're, you're making uh, these decisions and also I mean Villa have only had three days training maybe they've just forgotten how to play the game Altogether, and but it, it is a shame that it was such a sort of um, a, a weird way for them to concede uh, because they were defending. They were defending like they were down to ten men in a cup final in the last minute for most of that game, and it, and, and I mean that as a compliment because whenever City got into their box, they were so dogged, they were so so good, and I, I think. Obviously, they're doing really, really well, aren't they? And the fact that Dean Smith and Jack Grealish both support Villa is perhaps one in the eye for think that to, for people that think fans don't know what they're talking about when it comes to uh, mm. decisions their own team should make. Um, but I, I, I just feel like they've got you know they've got three or four games in hand, effectively, haven't they? Because they've been affected by COVID. So I, I think they're kind of uh, they're they're in a strange position. And I think uh, do we perhaps you know. It, is a league position going, maybe <laughs> is it sort of are they basically sort of going under the radar a little bit because you know if they if they win those games in hands they'll be right right up there and we're talking about other teams perhaps you know having really really good seasons pushing for a european place perhaps even a champions place champions mm. league place could villa do that they'd be fourth I mean, if they won those games in hand luke exactly yeah. Yeah, and I, I, you know what it's, it's difficult to say and as i said earlier on on the old point when it comes to man united the um you know, who knows? Who who and no one knows this season. People you know, people who are paid to give insightful stuff about football are as clueless as the rest of us, I believe, because everything's <laughs> so different. But you know, I mean, speaking of defending or, or kind of working really hard like it's a cup final, I, I forgot to mention actually in the earlier game that we covered that Ariola, who was at fault for one of the goals, was up there trying to put it right. He was in the penalty era for a last yeah. minute kind of yeah. set piece for Fulham. So <laughs> maybe maybe every, yeah, maybe everyone feels like you know every game does feel a bit like a cup final and they want to try and get what they can out of it. According to Dean Smith, though, to go back to Aston Villa, 
he said, he says, he said to the fourth official, did you get juggling balls for Christmas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not your as business, well. actually, Dean. What are you playing? Yeah. You love it as well because, because he's booked him and he's then gone back and booked him straight away. You can tell after he's booked him, he's basically gone like, you heard, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just what I thought. Like, I it's, it's brilliant. It. I love he, it. It's so childish. Followed- he followed that quote up with, I don't think any other manager would get sent off for that. Is that? Well. <laughs> I think they probably would. They probably would. Yeah. Um, he's just yeah, like, no. oh, he's like an uncle doing the doors at like a 21st birthday party, isn't he? 100%. He's not a, he's not a proper bouncer, but he will be a temporary one. 100%. And I think Dean's probably got it in his in his locker to be able to be one. He just, he oh, just yeah. don't fancy it. You know. I can remember once at school, there was a school band thing and um, the school band in question got all their dads to come and be quote security at their um at their um at their mm-hmm. concert and they all like wore suits and bow ties and stuff and they all kind of had a go at being bouncers for for a day. So I reckon Dean probably would do that for one of his kids' uh, school concerts or something. <laughs> you Absolutely. can see it happening, can't you? Um look, Douglas Louise again was um impressive for Aston Villa last night. He's been one of the players that I think has caught a lot of people's eyes and um it reminded us of this situation when he was playing for Man City ahead of the 2018-19 season apparently Pep Guardiola sent video footage to the home office with an explanation of why he would be important to Man City's midfield because he had work permit issues at the time I mean this <laughs> what were is... you going to say he sent video footage of him going to get the dole or something to get him kicked out <laughs> no. This is so Pep Guardiola that he's gone to that extreme length to send video footage of him to the home office. Sensational. I think also the video would have almost certainly been about fucking three hours long as well. Yeah, really detailed, like properly, just all about the exact sort of tactics. It would have been like a Terrence Malick film, Jim, wouldn't it? It would have yeah. been like properly like <laughs> art house, like really, really long kind of shots, weird camera angles. Like yeah. it would have been Ernest. properly art house. Probably, probably black and white. Um, <laughs> I love him. <laughs> mad nerd. Yeah, I do think. By the way, being being mad like Pep is may have may kind of, as I said earlier, or at least alluded to earlier, may kind of reap rewards this season. I mean, they have been in yeah. absolutely imperious form. And when you say, "Oh, um, what about Liverpool?" Well, Liverpool just, I mean, haven't Liverpool failed to win their last four Premier League games? I mean, Man City yeah. have only lost one game since the, I think since the end of September. Uh, and that was yeah. when they were beaten quite handily, I suppose, by Spurs. But their games coming up are quite interesting as well, because when I talk about them stamping their authority on the Premier League this season, well, West Brom away, Sheffield United at home, Burnley away, um, that's, that's their next three. It gets a bit trickier for them after that. But, mm. I mean, you wouldn't put it past them. I, I just think the intensity that Pep injects in these teams and, and the way he carries himself probably quite lends itself to the, the strange times we're living in. Jules, I don't know what you feel about it, but, I mean, you watch you watch football even more closely than, than I do. So you'll probably understand what I mean when I say that maybe he's the man for the season because of the way that everything's going at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we all know that Pep Guardiola is such an intense character, isn't he? He sort of... He, he will be probably relishing the fact that the season is almost like this, that it has to be so intense, that there are so many games. And and the fact that City kind of went a little bit... Under the radar is the wrong expression to use because City are never really under the radar because of the size of the club and, and how good they are. 
But because they had that sort of stuttering start to the season and now they've sort of clicked into gear and they've found their form and they just seem like they seem like the city of old that no one can seem to beat right now, even when they're maybe not on their best day. The fact that they haven't got Sergio Aguero and haven't had him pretty much for the whole season, even when Jesus is fit, he doesn't start him necessarily and decides to play with a false nine. I think KDB played in that position for for a bit of last night until he got got withdrawn from the match early, which he was furious about as well. He and so are you because you captained him. No, I did captain him, Luke. And you know what? <laughs> I'm not joking. I've been furiously like clicking on the Team Ramble um, Fantasy Premier League League, mini league, looking at how many points it's going to take me to catch you. And I noticed you didn't have any Man City players in your FPL team this week. So I thought this is my chance. I have made up some ground, but I think I missed, missed the boat with not having John Stones in the team, who was like... You fear my methods because you don't understand my methods, Jules. No, Luke, <laughs> honestly, I'm catching you. Have you have you refreshed it this morning? Have you refreshed it? This is the it? most... In, do you know what? This is I love this because this is the most intense rivalry on anything I've ever had before. I could never really get Jim or Pete to get involved in the intensity of the rivalry. And Marcus wouldn't do it either. So I'm pleased I've found the nemesis. It's really important to me. It gives me fuel. I, you know what? I said to my other half last night, because we, we both had quite a few City players in our teams, and he's he's doing way better than me, but he's got his mini league who he's desperate to catch one of his mates in. And I said to him, and he's quite competitive with me, but because he's so far ahead of me this year, it's sort of, I'm sort of over it. I'm a bit like, oh, whatever, you've won. And I said to him, whatever happens, all I need to do this season is beat Luke. And I said, <laughs> I, was, I was getting so annoyed about it. And I was like, Can, I had Cancelo and you know, he hit the bar at one point and I was like, for yeah. fuck's sake, just yeah. fucking score. <laughs> also, also um, I don't want to put this to the social media because I know you'll be massively more popular than me among our listeners but if you are team more hashtag team more in the fantasy premier league then do by all means let yourself know we need to build an army to defeat jules because she thinks he's the best at fantasy premier league and i've got news for her anyway no 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 no, no. i do not think i'm the best i just want to beat the person who definitely thinks he's the best and that is luke moore so hashtag team breach thank you very much um (laughs) so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens with the actual Premier League title this year but it looks as though Man City they're right up there aren't they um Man United uh, again after their win last night top of the table they were 15th in November just like take that in for a minute Man United yeah. were 15th in November and now they're top of the table so it is one of those seasons Liverpool obviously playing tonight and we'll talk a bit more about that after the break but um just to quickly let you know about some more lovely new content for you uh, a new episode of On the Continent is out on the Football Ramble presents right now so make sure you check that out. Uh, Dotton, Andy and Miguel Delaney this week are talking about Meza Ozil at Fenerbahce. That move has now gone through and also they'll talk about the Serie A title race as well. Um, and the incredible story of Roma making too many substitutes in the Coppa Italia. An amazing story. It's absolutely mad. So make sure you head over to Football Ramble Presents to listen and subscribe now. We'll take a break after this. Loads more Ramble fun. Hi, I'm Linvoy Primus and you're listening to the Football Ramble. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Loads more on the way for you. Now it's time for this. Just even show at footballramble.com Right now, so be on this or Kate or Jules or Jim or Andy Lee. 
Yes, indeed, it is time for emails. It's great to hear Limvoy Primus in the back of the ad, uh, the back of the ad break there as well. I just need to point that out. I mean, he's probably this is probably the only football podcast in the world that is still big ups to Limvoy Primus. So fantastic <laughs> to hear that. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've got an email here from Gavin Cook, and um, I'm not entirely sure why it's been given to me to read, but perhaps everyone listening can fill in the blanks themselves. Gavin says, um, although not Chinese, uh, I think this team deserves a mention, obviously referring to the extraordinarily named Chinese team we talked about earlier in the week. Um, They are from Norway and they are called FL Fart. (laughs) They play in the fourth tier of Norwegian football and their ground is called the Fart Banner. Oh, wow. That's great. Is that, is that like the equivalent of like the fart dome or something? Must be. Or like the got, flatulence got, bowl. We have got a reasonable amount of Norwegian listeners. In fact, we did a live show in Norway once in Oslo. So maybe mm. a Norwegian listener or two can get in touch and tell us what that translates to. Might might just be, I mean, fart might just be the place. And then banner, as you say, Jim, might just be stadium or dome or, yeah. or arena or something. Something like that. Um, I have to say, obviously, you know, over the years, we've had a lot of people send in sort of, brilliant names of, of football teams from different places and I, I don't know if this has ever been mentioned on the show before but I recently found one that I don't think is ever going to get lodged from being my number one and it's, it's a team from Swaziland who were called 11 men in flight no. and that is that is fantastic just magnificent isn't it so yeah. if anyone could beat that fly? I'd love to hear that it probably is in the rules I haven't it would checked be helpful. actually yeah. would it be in the I, I guess it probably probably the rules haven't you know, accounted for that sort of mutation in human evolution that would allow 11 <laughs> men to fly. Oh, I'm sure they probably have. It just hasn't come up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these Until it actually like happens happening. in a game, like what happened last night, we won't know about the rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no flight. Sorry. So uh, Luke, Be- Luke Billingham has been in touch and he says, the discussion on Tuesday's show about Club Call brought to mind a long, a lo- long lost story from my childhood. When I was 14, I had an unhealthy addiction to Club Call and once returned from school to my dad holding a £250 phone bill. He proceeded to give me the rollicking of my life, telling me that porn wasn't healthy for a kid of my age. After 10 seconds of confusion, I realised that he assumed I had an addiction to a bit of blue rather than to a football <laughs> hotline. Knowing that he would be even more angry if I tried to justify spending £10 trying to find out when Paolo one-shop's transfer from Derby County to West Ham would go through, <laughs> I decided that his assumed version of reality was less embarrassing <laughs> yeah. and took yeah. the rollicking on the chin. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure it's where so I stand on that, but I think you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, I'll just try to put myself in that position. First of all, I was far too terrified to use club call. I mean... Yeah. Um, I know you guys, the guys talked about it on Tuesday, but I mean, they did used to draw out the time you'd spend on the phone before they gave you information. And I suspect yeah. looking back now, the information was absolute fucking nonsense anyway. And it was something like, I mean, back then, I think it was something like 90p a minute or something. It, I mean, wow. it, was, it was a proper money spinner yeah. in quite, in yeah. my opinion, quite an unethical thing. So uh, I would never, have, I would never have even run club call for my home phone, let alone a porn line. So, I think at least, I don't really know what's worse to both. What would you have said to your old man? Who, who your dad was quite strict, wasn't he? No, not not, not strict. Good old quite Ian. the right word. He, he wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, Ian. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be quite happy right about wing. me spending two hundred fifty quid on anything um, <laughs> down a phone line. So I, th- I, I think I'd have been too embarrassed as a teenager to to let him think it was porn. So I'd, I'd have fessed up. 
um, about you? it being club call. I think I used I think club I call well. once yeah. though, and it was like it was really obvious from the beginning the way they're sort of like dragging everything out. It's like, oh, this is to suck money out of me. So yeah. The the yeah. idea of this whole concept now just seems so baffling. Not not just because of the fact that everything's so readily available for us on the internet now, whether that is um, transfers or the la- the other thing, uh, but, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the fact that um, even just thinking about having a landline. I don't have a landline. Do you have no, a landline so, still? No, no, no. And no, and I I, when I had a landline as a kid, so this is the thing: young people these days will never know what we went through. Like I can no. remember, so we had a phone downstairs and a phone upstairs, yeah. and they were obviously on the same line. So you could, if if you just, I mean, this is obviously this is obvious to people of mine and Jim's age, but perhaps to people listening, it's not like. When you picked up the home phone to make a phone call, someone else could just pick up the yeah. other phone and listen in. Cause it's the same line, yeah. right? So not only was it bad enough that um, if you wanted to go out on a date with a girl, you have to <laughs> ring their home phone, generally speak to their mum or their dad and ask to speak to them. Not only that, but in my household, my parents, who are massive piss takers, you won't be surprised to know, would always be listening on the other line. Yeah. Oh, they'd always God. be listening in. And, it, and so it was it was absolutely horrendous. So the very idea of a home phone line is really antiquated. We don't have one here now. But I mean, back then it was a proper stress. Yeah. And it also, it you know, you get people saying that football's all about money now. And, you know, it's any opportunity to suck money out of the fans. And it, it, club call is further proof that that was always the always case. The, case. Always the, the technology way. moves on. And it's, it's there was a just slightly a, there different was just thing. A, there was just a limit to what they thought they could get away with back then. Exactly. Isn't now. Yeah. I remember when we first got cordless phones and you could have like one in the hallway and one upstairs, like on the bedside table in, in like mum and dad's room. And it was like the best thing ever because you no longer had to be attached to the wall to make yeah. that phone call that you're talking about, Luke. And uh, oh, it's yeah. just so funny even thinking that that's... Jules, I bet you were just swanning around the house with the big aerial out the cordless phone like you're in Clueless. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, lovely stuff. All right. Well, keep your emails coming in to us. We love hearing from you guys. Show at footballramble.com. Uh, right, a few more uh things that have uh, happened this week. Mikel Antonio, do you guys remember he had that car crash last year and uh, normally we wouldn't find anything. Do I remember the greatest thing to ever happen to a football player? (laughs) Yes, I do. Normally we wouldn't find these things humorous, but um, this one most certainly was. Um, Just to refresh your memories in case you have forgotten, um, he was dressed as a snowman, leaving his family house (laughs) to go back home. um, And he basically skidded on some ice and went into a neighbour or a family home's uh, wall, which basically had a little shed that kept the bins in and he smashed his Lamborghini into it. Well, we finally heard from Mikel Antonio on that incident because he's kept it pretty hush-hush until now. But he recently revealed that basically to this day, he still really is hurt by that incident. And he followed that up by saying, I miss that car. That's what he's hurt by. <laughs> Not the shame of the incident, the fact that people were taking pictures on their phones of him dressed as a snowman. And his Lamborghini was sort of like almost sideways on this um, person's bins, basically. Uh, but yeah, he says he misses the car. And, and that's the biggest uh, thing for me. And the fact he now has to pay like 20 grand in insurance to insure a car now. So it's, um yeah, it's ruined yeah, him a little bit. I, I, also, I also like the fact that he said if I had something along the lines, if I had my time again, I'd have taken my snowman costume off in the car. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and it's like it's almost a bit like I understand it's, it could be a serious situation, and I don't want to make light of it necessarily. But I mean, let's be honest: in those situations, you probably do panic a little bit. And so he probably just forgot he was dressed as a snowman, which for me is the best thing about. <laughs> yeah. It. But I love that in his in his weird hypothetical situation where he can go back and change time, he doesn't not crash the car. Yeah. <laughs> he just yeah. Doesn't do it. Dressed as, as a snowman. Anything you'd, have, anything you'd have done differently, Mikhail? Probably taken the carrot off my face. That's, that's it, really. Yeah. There's another thing as well. Where he, in, in this interview, he talks about how there were obviously loads of people gathered around and he was confiscating their phones. Yeah. And I'm thinking, on on what authority? Like, you're not a dinner lady. Like, I'm not giving yeah, you my yeah. phone because you crashed your car. Fuck off. Yeah. 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 And I love that there was one sneaky person who managed to keep hold of their phone. And thank God for them, because it meant we got the pictures of him dressed as the snowman, uh, yeah. getting out of his car. And, and there's like a photo of um, his face. And as you say, there's this like really, really shit carrot on his nose. Like it's not even a good snowman costume. No. Yeah. That's the point. And you think, and this is the thing, see, if you are, I mean, we, we remember the, the heady days of a Bouet man where he would be an amazing <laughs> costumes and if you if you there's, there's a, it's a it's a hollywood celebrity i forget who it is now who it might be heidi klum who does this quite famous costume party every year in over in, in hollywood i believe ah uh, yeah i think and you're some, right yeah yeah and some of the costumes they wear because obviously they take it seriously and they're, they're and they've insanely got loads good, of money aren't they? yeah it's amazing they're absolutely insane to the point where sometimes you won't even know who it is mm. footballers should be putting a bit more effort in i mean i've got the resources <laughs> yeah. they've got exactly. the help to do it like and a boy man took it serious uh probably took it too seriously but some of some of the um some of the old kind of classic footage of of your of your mid two thousands footballers um just when proper camera phones came about so that it was a bit of inertia people weren't really adjusting their behaviour accordingly and you'd see like Peter Crouch rolling around or or and, and they'd be dressed ridiculously that was good stuff but I think now footballers really need to start stepping it up a level and they could use Heidi Klum as their uh, as their inspiration I think. <laughs> Yeah, hard to, hard to argue with that. <laughs> I'm passionate about that. <laughs> you are, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> well, there we go. We finally uh, heard Mikel Antonio's take on that incident. Um, brilliant stuff. Um, now, it is the January transfer window. There's been a few, few things going on. Not a great deal yet, though. I think that we're probably still expecting to see a lot more incomings to the Premier League in the next week or so. Um, But there have been a few contract terminations. Now, Arsenal have terminated Socrates' contract. And like Mesut Ozil, he hadn't even made the Europa League squad this season. Um, He's one of those players, isn't he, Jim, speaking to the Arsenal fan, who, I mean, he was there for good reason in the sense that he was always that player you could turn to because he was sort of that mean person in that Arsenal yeah. team. He had he had a habit, didn't he, of celebrating his own tackles sometimes. He did, Remember yeah. that fist pump and that roar after he tackled Willian that time? <laughs> yeah, in fact... Maybe that's why he wasn't in the squad because he keeps tackling Willian. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. And, and Willian's very susceptible to being tackled at the moment. He's got, he seems <laughs> to have no answer to it. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel sad about this. I really, I really like Socrates. He's a proper, like... Because he was a no-nonsense defender in a team mm. full of utter nonsense defenders. Um, so it made him stand out. And I think he's slightly unfairly tainted as being this kind of error-prone defender. And he, he had the odd Rick in him, but perhaps not as many as, as some of the kind of more chaotic defenders Arsenal have had over the years. And I think it's a, it's a bit sad that he, he you know, he, he didn't 
didn't make those squads. I think Mustafi would have been the obvious candidate for that instead. But, you know, obviously he needs to move on. It's a, it's a good thing for him to go and find a new club. And, he, you know, he leaves under... Um, you know, he leaves in sort of better circumstances than his squad emissions would suggest. Um, mm. But I just... It's another player whose co- contract is actually being terminated rather than them being being sold just because Arsenal pay too much money to players that perhaps have no resale value and it's something they really really have to look at because it's just it's happening yeah. I mean it's happened twice but, like this week Jim with Socrates I mean you kind of alluded to the reason they signed him in the first place is that he is quite nasty and he is a defender's defender and maybe they needed a bit of that and it's only six months I mean his contract's up in the summer anyway same with Mustafi I think his contract's up in the summer so I mean I think Mustafi's probably on quite big wages, though, isn't he? As you've, as yeah. you've also alluded to. But one of the rumours I found, which is absolutely incredible, actually, I don't know if it's true, it's just a rumour that was doing around on the internet uh, last night and this morning, is that part of the reason they wanted to get rid of Socrates is because Thomas Party wants his shirt number. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he wore Thomas Party's favourite shirt number. What? And uh, and so so it's just it's a lot of a bonus. They might as well do that yeah. as well. But um, yeah. I, I do I, I do think that I mean as Arteta himself said they've got quite a big squad. He does need yeah. to do an overhaul. It, it does sort of make sense to me. He doesn't seem. I don't want to be too stereotypical about how Arteta wants to play because I think we're still seeing a manager who's learning his way through it. But if I was going to say if you said to me in, in you know a straight yes or no answer is Socrates an Arteta type player? You're going to say no. So no, um, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes sense from that point of view. But I do hope it's something around an assurance that Thomas Partey was given that he could have the shirt <laughs> number. And yeah, that would be pretty funny. And exactly the sort of behaviour that you should not be indulging from anyone. <laughs> well, um, which means it's would. almost certainly true. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. I also heard a rumour that um, Lacazette and Aubameyang are fighting over Ozil's number. Yeah, oh, but they're big mates, aren't they? They're probably yeah, they're doing a one pit, each. aren't they? Soft <laughs> both be ten. well look at least uh, Socrates had a better run in the Arsenal team in his time uh, than this bloke Um, last week in the Dutch second tier um, the team FC Den Bosch released a player Jeroen Lumu 24 hours after signing him Um, wow this is harsh Uh, the morning after his announcement the club said Jeroen Lumu has not lost his wild hair at FC Den Bosch take it or leave it we wish Jeroen all the best with his future career apparently wild hair generally just means his wildness so not specifically referring to his hair but this is madness he he, so he signs for the club and 24 hours later he's gone yeah, I want to well, do apparently part of, part of the issue <laughs> was um, they expected him in training on Thursday and he he just wasn't there. And uh, he explained <laughs> he explained that he wanted to start on the Monday instead. Like to him, that made more sense because like, I don't want to disrupt everyone's rhythm. So just coming on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> he wanted his last so, weekend of freedom before he played. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I've never heard I of this player an... before. Sorry, Jim, I was going to say, I've never really heard of this player before. Um uh, although Andy Brassel probably knows who he is, so what I did is I went online um, and looked up um, looked up some of his some of his performances. Admittedly, you know, there's a YouTube compilation for every player set to um, "Bring Me to Life" by Evanescence, and it makes the player look really good. Yeah, um, but I don't know what's always Evanescence. It always seems to be. Yeah, uh, but he actually looks decent. I mean, he's le- he looks like he's got a brilliant left foot on him. So it must. And, and I heard that Liverpool were interested in him for a while. So mm. he must have yeah. something. He turned about, them down, him. didn't he? Right. 
Yeah, when he was made 18, him start he on a Friday a contract on the offer. <laughs> but um, I, I read a, read an article about him, and there was a similar sort of translation issue to the wild hair thing, which perhaps sums up what's happened here um, by accident. Which said Willem Tway's former talent has already worn out eleven clubs in his football career. Oh, <laughs> so, <wow. laughs> very good. Who knows? That is very nice. You, you do have a tradition of. Um, I know it's quite a cliche thing to say, but there is a tradition of. Of Dutch players uh, having a, having a bit of uh, a bit of a bit of, a bit of trouble with uh, with these types of disciplinary things, but it's just uh, it's quite interesting because he's, uh, I, I kind of feel a little bit sad for him that the only reason probably that the majority of football fans in England are going to have heard of him is because of this kind of type of stuff. Yeah, I imagine he would have liked to have been known for the six year contract he was reportedly offered by Liverpool. It probably won't be though, Luke. Will it? This will be no. this will be the story where everyone knows him for. Um... Yeah, good stuff that. Um, just a couple of other things to touch on briefly. Um, last night, Ronaldo became the all-time leading top goal scorer ever for club and country. 760 goals in 1,040 games, which is quite incredible. So, of course, all of the classic Ronaldo pitchers are, are, are doing the rounds on the internet. Um, it's an amazing achievement, isn't it, Jim? Yeah, it really is. But I am actually losing track of who's the top goal scorer ever <laughs> in like in various circumstances and et cetera so and et cetera. Records. Because it seems like there's this now three-way tussle between Ronaldo, Messi and Pele's involved as well, which is, yeah. again, like reality sort of mutating and eating itself. Like I just so... Yeah, I, I mean, it is obviously it's an incredible achievement, but you know, we've we've run out of ways to say that Ronaldo's amazing. So I guess this is just a just a, just the latest... Um, in in that isn't it? But uh, who who knows how far this will go? Because I I think he's going to play probably into his forties. Ronaldo, that's my. Uh, well, I was about to say that I don't think Pele will add any more goals to his career. But then you never know. I mean, well, we might know, dig a few from the back of the sofa well, somewhere. He's not going to score any, but as we know, it doesn't stop him adding them, does it? <laughs> no, exactly. Do you know what Pele's doing that. right now? Pele is on YouTube going through all his games, looking for <laughs> the merest hint of a deflection. <laughs> and uh, off his off his shin pad to try and see if he can get it get it attributed to him. You know, it's um, all Pele does this... anyway. Just remembers stuff. <laughs> he's, he's Abe Simpson, just sitting about remembering his goals. He's, he's amazing, isn't he? He's eighty years old, and um, there's a there's a documentary coming out on Netflix. Um, I think it comes out at the end of February or, or at the end of this month. Maybe it is. I can't remember when it is. But anyways, there's a new documentary uh, on Pele coming out on Netflix and it looks pretty good it's going to be amazing um but yesterday because of this documentary I think Fortnite staged the Pele Cup where players competed against each other to unlock Pele's air munch uh, air air sorry I can't even say it air punch emote air munch air munch Jules Breach's air munch Pele's air punch (laughs) emote I mean, everything I've just said there, I don't even know what it means. I don't know what Fortnite is. I, I Googled it because I thought, well, I better, better put, a bit, put a bit of effort in and, and show that I'm trying to find out what this is. I still don't understand. I don't know what an emote is. Um, <laughs> but whatever happens, I'm sure that whatever goals are scored in this Pele Cup on Fortnite, Pele will try and add to his tally, won't he? Well, I'm Absolutely not. I'm, 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 I'm pretty. I'm pretty interested in the Pele documentary. I think I'll, it'll be. It'll be good. Uh, I'll watch that for sure. I'm less interested 
in um, in the Fortnite Pelly Cup, but that might just be because I don't understand it. <laughs> Me too. Um, the, guy, the guys who run the Offensive, which is another kind of podcast, a really funny kind of football-based podcast, um, they're always playing it, and they're always asking me to play it with them. But I don't really, and that, by the way, I should have to say, by the way, they're also in their 30s. So it's not, I'm not being asked to play it by some kind of 12-year-old kids. But I don't really know what it is. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of embarrassed to, to learn it because I think it's probably not something for a man who's in his 40s. No, it's, no. it's a video game, isn't it? It's a battle royale game. So basically, you, you and loads of other players drop onto an island and then you fight until there's only one of you left. Is, it sounds is like the Rambles for the last 13 years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently it's really fun. Um, but on the Pelé documentary, for me, yeah, he scored loads of goals, blah, blah, blah. He played for Santos for ages. He won the World Cup when he was four years old. Well, all that stuff. <laughs> we know all that stuff. To me, there's only two things I'm interested in like seeing covered. Why are you mates with Mick Hucknell? How has that happened? Because <laughs> we know that's the case. And is he going to talk about the time that he turned his hair into diamonds? Yeah, and, and also when you when you think about Pele winning the World Cup when he was seventeen, like back then, I mean it is quite impressive. But then like there were kids with chimney sweeps back then. You know what I mean, <laughs> like, there were kids younger doing much harder things. That's that's the point. Never, it's not mentioned yeah. enough that. No, it's true. It's not really oh. an achievement at all. <laughs> well, look, we're looking forward to watching that when it does eventually come out, and hopefully, we will find out the story behind him and Mick Hucknall's friendship. Um, we're looking forward to finding out about that. More football to come tonight, though. Uh, Liverpool against Burnley. Uh, Liverpool can't move in the table, so they will stay fourth, even if they win tonight. But I'm sure they want to get the points on the board, of course. And you just expect against Burnley that um, they'll probably do that just to keep the pace with the teams above them. Um, Kate, Andy and Luke, you're going to be back tomorrow to join those two guys for another football ramble where I'm sure you'll be talking a lot about the Liverpool-Burnley game plus loads more. Luke, lovely to speak to you as always. I'll see you very soon. Yeah, lovely. Thanks for having me. See you in a bit. Uh, Jim, great speech as always. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Football Ramble and we'll see you tomorrow. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.